0: Go to Trinidad last year, and some of our leaders—Pastor Devin, Emily Ellison, and most recently Clara, who's a big part of our worship uh, team—spent a month in Trinidad. And I'm just guessing. I've heard stories. I talked to you that while you're there, you just you're constantly like speaking and singing and teaching and leading, and it just—it's a lot. But it it fills people up. So I'm excited, I know you are too, to hear the word that Clara has for us this morning. Would you welcome again to the stage, she was just up here, Clara, as she brings the word this morning. God bless you, Clara.
1: Good morning, church. (laughs) I'm excited and nervous to be up here right now. (laughs) Um, So I just wanted to start off really by just thanking everyone and thanking all of you for the support that you gave me to go. Not only emotional support and reassurance, but the financial support that you gave me was completely overwhelming and so, so appreciated and needed And the prayers. And there were so many amazing things that happened because of the prayers and because of all the things that you gave to me. So I wanted to start off just by showing you some photos and telling you some testimonies from Trinidad. So on the next slide we have, for those who don't know, Trinidad is an island off the coast of Venezuela on a day that isn't so foggy. If you're standing on the coast on the south side of Trinidad, you can actually see Venezuela over there. And um, the Trinidad people speak English, but they speak English with a, I would describe it as a Jamaican accent, but they would not like you to say that it's Jamaican because they are Trinidadians, not Jamaicans. Um, But recently, however, there's a strong Spanish influence in Trinidad due to the masses of Venezuelan refugees that have fled to Trinidad because of the things that are going on in Venezuela right now. So on the next slide, I wanted to talk about one of my biggest anxieties for this trip, and that was the flying process and the Immigrations and Customs process, but obviously I made it there and I made it home completely safe and without any issues. I was probably the fastest person on my team to get through Customs and Immigrations as well, and I got to have a beautiful view on my way there. Uh, Next, I wanted to share with you some of the beauty of Trinidad. So some of the places that we got to go to on our, like, kind of rest day off, we got to go to Lady Young Lookout, and we got to see a cliffside view of the main city of Trinidad. In North Trinidad, it's called Port of Spain. That's where we flew into, and that is the main city part in Trinidad. And this was our full team, and plus some Trini friends in there. And... Um, While I had fun, I may have given my mom a little bit of a scare when I sent her this photo. (laughs) That's my friend Zach holding me off the cliffside because it says in the Bible, when we walk with the wise, we become wise. Or in my case, I asked them to dangle me off a cliff. (laughs) Regardless, it was beautiful. On On the other part of our rest day, we got to go to a beach called Shagaramas. And we got to hang out and fellowship with friends and be able to see everything. We also got to visit San Fernando Hill, which is a hill that we drove by pretty much every day because we would always go to San Fernando Open Bible Church, which is right by San Fernando Hill. Um, we would drive past it on the daily, but it was much different being on another cliffside, <laughs> seeing the places that we've traveled and trying to find our house in the distance. (laughs) Many times, when we were at home, we would be able to walk the streets, and we would take walks with the neighbor kids, and we'd go down to the junction and go into this little grocery store there. But where Mike and Pam live, which is who I stayed with, they live in a a very local part, and they have a very, very nice house, but the people around them don't have a luxury like that so we were able to see all of the conditions that the people in this area live in next I wanted to talk about our Sundays so every Sunday we would spend about nine or more hours at church we would go to a morning service that started at 7 a.m. and then their second morning service and then we would get to go home for lunch and we'd come back And we would help out in the kids' class in Spanish Church. Now, Spanish Church is in an upper room in San Fernando Open Bible Church. And they started the Spanish Church because of how many Venezuelans are coming to Trinidad. And so we got to help out with the kids. And we were trying to teach them English. And most of them do speak English, but they just need help being fluent in it and just being able to flow easier. And I took three years of Spanish in high school, but if you ask me right now, I probably wouldn't be able to tell you a lot in Spanish. (laughs) But when I was there with those kids, it all just came back to me really, really easily. And there was only one person on our team who knew a little bit of Spanish, and a girl who took French, but we all still tried our best to be able to communicate and to be able to teach these kids. And finally, on Sunday nights, we would go to Hour of Power, which is a really large prayer-based service and worship-based. And it always lasted much longer than an hour. But that is where probably a lot of the big significant things that happened within us. There were things that were spoken to us, and a girl on our team spoke in tongues for the first time, and a lot of spiritual gifts were unlocked. Next, we also took part in the final two classes of a missions and evangelism class. And we were a part of the presentation for their final exam. The second day that I was in Trinidad, we went to this class and were told, okay, so you guys are going to be a part of their final exam and they need this grade to be able to pass this class and graduate. (laughs) So we're thrown into their presentation trying to do our best to do them justice, but they all graduated wonderfully. Um, In the next few pictures, I wanted to talk about Barakpur number four. So we spent a large portion of our month there. Julie spent her entire portion at Barakpur. and we were asked to be a part of and teach during the VBS. I wasn't going to be a teacher for this. I, my friend Deja, she was going to be the teacher. I was just going to be a helper. And then last second, Sister Sandra said, would you please teach this age group? And so I did. And along with that, I had to come up with last minute crafts and get the supplies for those last minute crafts. But it was an amazing time. And it was really nice to be able to reconnect with all these kids that I knew before and to be able to see them again and meet new kids because they really do love you so much and they're so excited to hear about God and it's super encouraging for me to see. There was one night where I had tears in my eyes because that little boy with the Oreos, Justin, he had his Bible out and he was flipping through it trying to show me everything, just showing me, look, I have a Bible because... Not everyone has access to that in Trinidad. And he was so excited, and it just melted my heart. And and while my heart was melting and I was sweaty, it was an amazing time. In um, this slide, I wanted to show you and tell you a specific story and a specific testimony. So if you can see the boy sitting right in the middle, front and center, with a big smile, his name is Kevin. And he and his sister, who is in the gray shirt just above him, they are living with their grandpa, who is sitting next to Kevin. And I wanted to just tell you their story. So they're living with their grandpa and a few other relatives because their father had been murdered not too long ago, and their mother hasn't been around to take care of them. His name is Kevin, and he was born crippled, completely crippled. He had to be carried everywhere he went. He's 15 years old right now, but he was completely crippled. When I went last July and I met him, he could kind of walk, but he needed a lot of support from other people. People, he still had to be around someone's arm, and they still had to carry him all around. But Popey, right there in the blue shirt with the white wings on it, he has a huge heart for driving kids to VBS and driving them and their families to church. And he found Kevin, and he would literally carry Kevin to Barakpur Church every single week. And there was one day when they went to church that Popey carried him in, and the entire church prayed over him, and Kevin was able to walk out of church that one day. <laughs> and from seeing him this seeing him this trip from seeing him last trip to this trip, I could see an incredible improvement in his walking. It's not you know, it's not perfect, but he can actually walk. He doesn't need to be carried where he goes. He can walk fully on his own. And The significance of his grandfather I wanted to touch upon was because our team, we didn't didn't know any of this when we walked in. We were canvassing for VBS, going door to door, inviting kids to come to their VBS, and we were just allowed to walk right onto his property and sit down at his table. And we were there, and we got to pray with him and his family, and we even gave testimonies and had to sing a worship song just right in front of him. And he was just so happy for all of it. And what we didn't know was that he is Hindu, and he's been a Hindu all of his life. Everyone in that picture besides our team and Kevin and his sister is Hindu. Oh, and Poppy. Poppy's not Hindu. <laughs> and... Um, but even, even though he's Hindu, he's still allowing Kevin to be baptized. And when I was in Trinidad, in the next slide, we got to see, or we got to see Kevin be baptized. And he's being held up in this last picture with a friend so that the waves don't knock him over but his grandpa is not only open to having him baptized and allowing him to do that, he's also open to having open-air services on his own property and inviting all of the other Hindu families around him to come to these services. And it was just an amazing thing because Kevin, along with about 65 others, got baptized that day, and me and Julie got to witness it. On the next few slides, I want to talk about Bayshore. Church and Bayshore was a church that we visited pretty much every Thursday, and um, we got to go there on a few Saturdays. But we were always last minute asked to lead worship, <laughs> so last minute I would come up with a few songs that we could try to do. And the amazing thing about Bayshore is they're the kind of church that they want missionaries for the first time to be there. They want to be able to be a church where people can use them to be able to grow. And every single night that we did worship, whether it was good or a little bit funky, once we got into the Word, we always, always, always were on fire for God. And it was so amazing to be able to see just all of us standing there and all of us sharing words that we didn't even communicate about and having it all line up and all make sense together in the end. Um, another thing that we did at Bayshore was we did this thing called walking the line. So walking the line, I was really confused. I was like, what's the line, you know? But the line, there used to be a train that went through that part of Trinidad. And th- when the train tracks were taken out, there were squatter homes that were built on either side of where that track used to be. And Bayshore is a very poverty-stricken place. It is, um, thank you. (laughs) It's a very poverty-stricken place, and it's not the safest place in Trinidad either. When we were on the plane talking to people sitting next to us, we're like, oh, where are you going? Oh, we're going this place, this place, in Bayshore, and they're like, Bayshore? Really? You're going to do that? But we were perfectly safe the entire time. So we're walking down the line, and what we do when we walk the line, on either side of the church, um, we go down and we just walk and we ask people if they want prayer. And um, the first time we did this, I was, I was pretty nervous. You know, I'm walking around and I'm like, there's a lot of houses here. And we're just listening to Pastor Mike talk and like shake hands with guys. And He goes, by the way, that's a drug lord right there. And we're like, What? (laughs) That's a who? (laughs) And so we're seeing all these people, people who live in poverty, drug lords with these giant walls built up around their properties. And we're just going around praying for people. And I got to pray for those girls over there by the bridge. Her name was Alicia, and her sister's name was Kalisha. And I got to pray with them. And they actually showed up to church that night, which was really exciting. Um... The church, the reason that I would say we're able to be able to just walk the line and be completely safe and be completely respected is because the church has made such a big impact in that area. The church not only has their own services, they also beneath them have a daycare and it's a daycare preschool where um, they take kids from the area and they just teach them there and it's all Christian based and everything. Bayshore also has recently been um, updating a lot of their building things, like they got brand new doors, they redid their entire bathroom, and so their, their whole area, although it's small, it is becoming very beautiful and becoming just very... I don't know the word that I'm trying to say, but (laughs) it is encouraging the people around the area. They have come to the church, they've come up to the pastor, and they've said, you are encouraging us to improve our lifestyles. And the amazing thing is the government is also coming in, and they are also taking care of those squatter houses and building people proper homes. Finally, I was able to volunteer at San Fernando's youth conference, and it was called Further. And I worked as backstage crew, so I was able to see their whole production because they had dancers along with worship and mime stuff and just all these things that I never expected to see, I was able to see them do. Now, this is at San Fernando, the mega church um, for Open Bible in Trinidad. And I got to just witness this, and they got to have, like, a bunch of, Trinidad famous um, musicians come and just perform for them, which was really awesome to see. And I got to also listen to the word and, that was spoken by many, many different influential pastors about going further in your relationship with God. And now it's time for me to get into my word that I have for you today. So the title of my sermon is More Than Mighty. And I wanted to give you a little bit of background to what more than mighty means and what it means to me. So a guy on our team, Zach, um, he was a staff member for our team and he was helping, you know, take care of us, keep us in order and everything. Um, Every single night, Zach has this intense worship and prayer time where even if he does it alone in his room, but you can still hear everything that's going on in there. (laughs) He has his music playing super loud. He's worshiping. And every single night, he prayed over every single one of us. And the very first week, on the very first Sunday, he came over to me and he told me about the message that God had given him for me that night. And the word was, for me, God said, mighty isn't a big enough word to describe the things that you're going to be doing. And I was completely shocked, (laughs) because I'm like, me doing amazing things, not someone else? Me doing more than mighty things? You know what mighty means, right? (laughs) And many other times during my trip in Trinidad, Mike and Pam and a bunch of other people told me about leadership and about how they saw a lot of leadership qualities in me and they told me that I would have the ability to lead any group of people, but i 'm lacking the confidence to do it, which is pretty true <laughs> i 'm a pretty shy person, and when I heard these words i was i was not it was it was building confidence in me. But I was still unsure about a lot of things. Um, But I've never been unsure about my desire for God and to do his will. So Mike and Pam believe in my potential. And I know so many other people in my life believe in my potential. But Mike and Pam have asked me to be a staff member for them and to return to Trinidad with other missions teams to help lead them. So in the meantime, I'm going to be conversating with Mike and Pam and they're going to be giving me books to read about being a leader and becoming a leader um, so that they can build me up so that I can become equal to the people that I've always looked up to and that they can help me stop living in the shadows of others and bringing me up as a leader for myself and making a name for myself as an incredible woman of God. I wanted to share with you this verse. It's Ephesians 2.10, and it says, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. We're God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works, say good works, good works, which God has prepared in advance, say "In in advance, in advance for us to do. I wanted to talk about a verse that I think goes along with that really, really well, which is Jeremiah 33 3. And it says, Call to me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Say great and mighty. Great and mighty, great and mighty things that you do not know. Great and mighty things, no more than mighty things, have been spoken over me, and they've been spoken over you as well. And they're just things that you, it says, great and mighty things which you do not know. You cannot even imagine the, the capacity of things that God has for you. And I wanted, I wanted to share with you a little bit of my testimony about why I even wanted to go to Trinidad for a month in the first place. And this was because last year when I was at Trinidad, Azam... He's an amazing man of God, and he's very prophetic. And he came down, and he was praying over all of us, and he had been praying the entire time we were there for a word that God had to give us. And when he told me, he said, this isn't the last time you're coming to Trinidad. He's like, and you're going to go other places too. And so when I heard that last year, I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, I, I came on this mission trip, and... Then Devin, after that, pulled me aside, and she said, do you remember six years ago at church camp? And I said, yes, because six years ago at church camp, I was feeling so lost and so confused and so discouraged, but she spoke to me, she said, I can't tell you what it is right now because you'd never believe me, but there are amazing things that God has planned for you that are going to come forth and come to pass and that was just so overwhelming to me to be able to hear them speak over me in that way and then to be able to get the words that I got on this trip knowing that I'm going to be doing great and mighty things things that I could not even imagine that I couldn't have imagined last year and I definitely couldn't have imagined six years ago. So I wanted to step away from that for a moment. And I wanted to talk to you guys about Moses and the Israelites. So in Deuteronomy, it talks about how Moses led the Israelites out of slavery across the Red Sea and into the wilderness where they were wandering, and they finally got to the promised land. So they sent out some people to go check out the land, and when they came back, they came back saying that there were giants in the land. And so what did the people do? They saw the promised land, and they turned away. (laughs) They did not go into the promised land because they were afraid of the giants in the land. But this was the promised land. This was the place that God had promised for his people. This was the path that God already prepared in advance for them. But they turned away. One thing that I didn't mention from the words that were spoken over me was the fact that when I was told about my future as a leader, I was also warned that it's going to make people uncomfortable because God didn't call me to be a leader when I'm 30. He didn't call me to be a leader years and years and years down the road, although I hope I'll still be a leader then. (laughs) He's called me to be a leader now. He's chosen me and qualified me now at 19, and there's gonna be giants that are in my way My age, my gender, and the relationships that I have with people are all things that are going to have an effect on not only the willingness of people to follow me, but the willingness and my confidence to be able to lead them. Zach also told me the last week, he said, you're not just going to be leading one sheep back to the flock. You're going to be leading flocks back to the flock. So let me tell you, in slide 38, giants are a sign that you're in the right place. Because it was illustrated to me like this. The devil has his own little fortress built up, right? And when you're following God's purpose for your life, you're getting steps closer and closer to taking down everything that he's built. And obviously, he's going to try to stop you from tearing down those things that he's built. So he's going to be throwing things in your life to try to stop you, and to try to discourage you. He's going to place giants in your path. But it doesn't matter who you are because the devil isn't going to use baby bullets. Whether you're a new Christian, whether you've been a Christian all of your life, he's still going to try to find ways to stop you from where God has you going. So if you're following God's purpose for your life, he's going to show you the giants, and are you going to turn away? Because we're not always following God very well. And sometimes we're following, but we're not necessarily pursuing what he has for us. And that is something that we learned about at um, the youth conference that I would call functional atheism. When a Christian is basically going through the motions, they know God, they might have a relationship with God, but they're not actually pursuing God's heart and his plan for their life. And we get by and maybe nothing bad happens, but we're just kind of chilling, you know, and I'm sure we all know people that tell you that they're Christian, but you see how they live their life, and you're not really convinced of that, but when God calls you, and when he saves you, he didn't pull you out of the grip of death so that you could live a comfortable life, he pulled you out of the grip of death to be able to pursue his heart and to pursue the future that he has planned for you, the future that he has prepared in advance for you to do. <laughs> but oftentimes, we're just so disobedient. There, there have been a lot of times where... Devin gave me that word six years ago. I, should, I could have been more readily trying to pursue what he wanted. I got distracted through a lot of high school from that, but we're so disobedient sometimes. We claim God is our savior, and then we put on earmuffs to the things that he has to say to us. So let me ask you, what is the cost of your disobedience? Disobedience will cause us to miss out on opportunities and his plans for us. A story that was shared with us was of his pastor. He's a young guy, and he was at church one day, and God gave him a very specific word for a very specific lady in the church. Now, this lady wasn't the kind of person that he really wanted to talk to. He's like, she's kind of weird. I don't know if I want to go talk to her. And he didn't. He didn't listen to what God said. God was asking him to go talk to her, and he didn't. He waited three weeks before he finally felt like he just had to tell her, right? So he goes up to her, and he gave her the very specific word. And he didn't tell her that he got this word three weeks ago. He just gave her the word, right? And she looked at him and said, if you had told me this three weeks ago, it would have completely changed my life. (laughs) So... When we are disobedient to God, we're withholding blessings to others, and therefore we are withholding blessings to ourselves. And sometimes we desire the things that God has for us. We all could probably agree we have a desire to do what he wants, but we face a giant, and then we don't think that we can overcome it. We don't know that, for some reason, we don't think that God is the almighty, all-powerful person that he is, We, we, and then at that point, it's not only our lack of disobedience, or our disobedience, it's our lack of trust as well. We're letting fear hold us back, but he's already made the way. He's already prepared those things in advance for us. And he allows us to see those giants so that we'll rely on him. So what does God need to do to get you to rely on him? because you never know what's on the other side of your obedience. His promises are on the other side. I can't speak for everyone, but I know in my life that I, if I let fear get the best of me now, if I let a lack of confidence get the best of me now, then God's purpose for my life is being put on hold. And I can't let that happen. I can't let the fear of rejection or a lack of confidence get in my way. But I certainly can't do any of it without God. And so when I see those giants, I'm going to need to acknowledge my limitations and to be able to fully surrender to Him. Because if God wants it to happen, it will happen. And I said earlier, He lets us see the giants because He wants us to lean on Him. Last week, Julie shared a, a testimony about the gift that she gave to Sister Sandra and her husband. Um, she, was give, she gave them a very specific amount of money that God had told her and placed on her heart. So Sister Sandra admitted that, because she needed, she needed this money to go on a mission trip, she admitted that she wasn't going to go on that mission trip. Her family didn't have the money, they couldn't afford to go, they couldn't afford to send both of them And she told God that unless he provided the exact amount that she would not be going, even knowing she was called, even knowing that this is God's plan for her, she had refused to go unless he provided. But God provided, and he made the way through Julie, and because there is a more than mighty plan that he has for her on that mission's trip, And another thing I just wanted to bring up was God's faithfulness does not depend on our behavior because we're disobedient and we're stubborn at times. You know, she put her foot down with God and she said, provide the money and maybe I'll go. (laughs) But that doesn't change who God is. And that doesn't change his plans for us. They're still great and mighty, even if we are stubborn about it. And he... Will and he has done incredible things and your obedience to God, when you gave to me for this trip and that you have blessed me in an overwhelming amount that these blessings that I received and that my team has received are going to be poured right back out onto you in Jesus name. <laughs> it might not be in a monetary form or a money form, but in other ways in receiving things and treatment and everything, we take so many good things in our life and we forget to thank him because we see it as a coincidence or luck or sometimes we think of it as something that we've done anything to deserve and not as the blessing from God that it is. He blesses us simply because he loves us and he does these great things for us just to make us happy because he is our father and he does care about us. And that is one of the biggest things that have has helped me grow more intimate with God is acknowledging those little things that he's done for me. Those little things that he does just to make me happy. You know, just seeing just seeing someone walking their dog over there. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's my favorite dog." Like Thank you, God, for that. You know, just all those simple things. You know, in my times where I'm sad, he'll, he'll have the kids at my work love on me a little bit more that day. You know, because he does care, and he is our Father. So, in a closing point, I just wanted to tell you that when we show faithfulness to him and when we trust him, through the giants he's going to pour out into our lives and that's exactly the experience that i got to have in trinidad and there are plenty plenty more stories of amazing things that happened in trinidad amazing healings prophetic words and spiritual gifts and i learned the spiritual gifts that i learned that i have now and amazing other things that God has shown me during this trip. And if you want to hear about any of them, feel free to come ask me and feel free to come talk to me. But I wanted to thank you again just for all of the ways that you've blessed me because without even knowing it, the ways that you've blessed me and my team are amazing and I got to see all of those amazing things happen in my life. And I'm praying for a blessing to be shown in your life Because being more than mighty isn't just for me. It's for you too. Thank you.
0: Amen. That was a good word. Hallelujah. Let's stand. You gave us a lot to think about. Um, Let me just say, Clara, I, I was sitting there. I'm like, she's a triple threat. She's a worship leader. She's a missions leader, and now you're a preacher, come on, and 19, it don't matter, it doesn't matter, and I think that should inspire us all, you said two things, I want to re-say them, what is the cost of your disobedience, what is the cost, but what is on the other side of your obedience, so we all have that choice to make daily, what is the cost of disobedience? But if we, if we have obedience, amen. How many know there? there's something on the other side? And we will live that. So, good word, Clara. I might have to have you preach once, some more sometimes. When I, amen. I enjoyed that so much. But it's not just, and I know she would say this, it's not like, yay, yeah, look at how good she did. It's literally like, here's a good word for us to live out. Amen. It's not like, oh, we, we applaud because we're so glad to see, you know, Claire's up. No, God has anointed her to bring a good word for us today to say, Lord, how can I apply this to my life? What area of my life can I can I live in? And that word was strong about functional atheism. Wow. If we're just going through the motions, if we are in a lukewarm state, then we are living in that function of just kind of like making God really not that important. He's He's lost his power. that was a strong word, and it gives us a lot to think about. I want to pray over you as we close this service and prepare. We have a water baptism, and there's some other things going on, and I know places that we have to go. But I know that today God spoke through his spirit and gave us this time of worship and this time of celebration and now a time of hearing this, this word about giants about things we face, about people who look at those giants and say, it's not going to stop me from, from obeying God, from, from living a life that is in obedience. And now, God, I pray that we would not just be hearers, but we would be doers of the word. And Father, we thank you for, for your kindness and your grace and your mercy that you would show us that, God, with you, all things are possible, Lord. That, that, that we would make those decisions in life. Every single day we are faced with decisions of things that could steer us a certain way. Lord, I pray that we would live in obedience. We would seek the things of God. And that it would help us to avoid those pitfalls and those, those things that we put ourselves through. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this church. Thank you for blessing us with the air that we breathe and the and the, and the lives that we live, God. I pray that we would make it, live it to the fullest, that, God, we would enjoy every moment. We would love people to Christ, God. Let us look for our own place of ministry, Lord, that that, that those tracks, those old, that she talked about, Lord, the places that they went and prayed for people and talked to people and ministered, Lord. Each one of those of us have people in our life that right now need an encouraging word lord i pray that we would look for those moments this week bless each one thank you for meeting us here today god we give you praise lord bless our vbs as we now minister to all the kids that they would see jesus as as who we know he is he's the greatest name he's the name of all names let us have a great week of vacation bible school in jesus name amen hallelujah